been working on an in-depth, bespoke design podcast series for a while now, but then the world turned upside down with a pandemic, which shall not be named. Hint, it rhymes with schmaronavirus. We thought to ourselves, selves, couldn't we all use a little design distraction right now sooner rather than later? So we decided to condense and fast track our podcast for you into pre-season minisodes. We're leaning into quarantine lifestyle and binge watching and binge reading some of our favorite design shows, documentaries, books, and articles, and then we're gossiping about them right here. Don't worry, our bigger podcast is still in the works, but in the meantime, consider this a taste of things to come. Think of it as a podcast amuse-bouche. I'm Maeve Parker, and I'm joined by Charlene Williams. We are designers, work wives, business besties, and this is Design Gossip. A podcast for the creatively curious. Today, we're gossiping about Netflix's Next in Fashion. So go ahead and borrow someone's login to catch up on the series. And today we're chatting about the first five episodes. And heads up, there will be spoilers. Okay, so let's start with episode one. And the theme, the challenge was a red carpet. Just a little background for anybody who hasn't seen the show. It's sort of like Netflix take on uh, Project Runway, but it's a little bit more global. People are paired up in teams. And Tan France is a host and Alexa Chung. I loved how the show started. I thought it was such a perfect setup. So they went around and they asked everybody, did anybody go to top tier schools? And so people chime up, different art institutes or fashion schools that they went to. And then they were asking everybody, what brands did you work for? And some people were saying they dressed Beyonce. And then Tan says, who amongst you is a household name? Boom, total mic drop. That I loved how that set it up and everybody's face was kind of like, damn. Yeah, that really hit me personally. Because you and I, we both are working in roles that they coined the term ghost designers on the show, where we're making all these aesthetic things happen behind the scenes, but no one really sees us or knows what we do. So I loved shining a light on people like that. I'm curious, what did you think about the setup of pairing people up in teams? I was skeptical at first. I think it's really interesting to see the dynamics of when people have this long working relationship, how that differs in the ultimate aesthetics of how the design piece comes out at the end versus when people are just meeting each other for the show. That was really interesting to see all those different mixes. However, I kind of wanted to see them interacting more with everyone in the show. That was kind of a bummer to see them so siloed. I personally have always struggled working in teams. I don't know if this is your favorite, but that pairing of Angelo and Charles, two total opposites. Can you describe Angelo and Charles? Yeah. So Angelo is kind of a dreamer, space cadet, and Charles is this like loving, knows the grindstone, get it done, very empathetic, but there's almost a parallel story where there's two sets of designers and they each have one ideas person and one execution person. And Angelo and Charles, the way their dynamic worked, it was successful and they won the challenge. But then the other set of designers like that was eliminated because that dynamic did not work well for them. So that was really fascinating to see when it works and when it doesn't. I didn't really think about it as one's the conceptual and one's more the the doer. To me, it stood out that like, it seems like one person took center stage and the other kind of 
step back a little bit, but yeah, I think you're right about those different dynamics. Tell me more what you, what were your impressions of Angelo? Oh my God. I'm drawn to them because I, I feel like they're like the angel and the devil on my shoulder when I'm getting a project done. I feel like I should be more whimsical and creative and really run with things. But then my, oh my God, I got to get this done. My Charles on my shoulder is sort of chirping in my ear too. I love how loving Charles is about it though. There's so many shots of him and he's like, sweetie, I need you to focus. Come on. I love you, but focus. He's barking out orders, but in like the most loving way. Yeah. I love the streetwear ladies with the background fry and kiki. kiki. The women from Asia too. Angel and Minju. Angel and Minju. Oh my God. They're adorable. And I love all their ideas. Yeah. So that was another thing I loved about this cast. It's so diverse. That was one of the first things you notice when it first opens. Another thing I love when they turn the lights on to the fabric and supply wonderland that they have in the show. I was drooling. Oh, this is silly, but I loved all the shots of designers cutting fabric with the really good scissors. Like that's my (laughs) ASMR. And you're like, just keep cutting. This is so satisfying. (laughs) Do it slowly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So who was your gut reaction? You think they're going to win it? I would say Angela Minju was the standout for me after watching the first episode. How about you? I think they were my favorite personality wise, but there was something about my gut instinct. I just saw the way Daniel just seemed really pulled together and I just had a vibe that I thought he's going to win it all. So for the red carpet looks, one of my favorite looks was the very first one, which was Angel and Minju, which was just this bold pink, like Barbie pink, but in the best way, this huge dress with a bow that was even, I think, wider than the uh, model's shoulders that came on the back. I absolutely loved that look. Yeah. I also loved uh, Naresh and Lorena's just as a print designer. They had this beautiful kind of watercolor type print on this kind of silk looking fabric and it just flowed and it was, I would just say that's the most pretty beautiful one. Um, So like you mentioned, Isaac and Nichelle ended up going home. They did some sort of Game of Thrones, Khaleesi looking vinyl, snakeskin, shoulder chains, white eyeshadow monstrosity that just went awry yeah and they did point out that the model wouldn't be able to use the restroom in it or go up the (laughs) stairs which is would you know be a problem yeah especially if we're talking red carpet yeah it was good that they were talking about comfort in addition to it being a red carpet look yeah yeah i feel like this show pushes the envelope a little bit further you know like again it looks like somebody's trying to set their name apart and create their own brand versus just trying to be supporting somebody else. So I, I feel like there was a good mix. I also want to call out these designers, their looks themselves that they wear are amazing. Like Farai had that neon yellow jumpsuit with, I think, like a blue pop of earrings and a black fanny pack. And I was in love with her look. I wish they would say who they're wearing or if they made their own looks because they could win on those challenges alone. Yeah, there could be a show of just that. Yeah, truly. So I think I was converted. And by the end, I really, my gut instinct was Daniel was going to take it all. But yeah, I was a big Angel and Minju um, 
love her for their design, and then Angelo and Charles for pure entertainment. Yes, yes. Agreed, agreed. So, that's episode one. Yeah. Did we miss anything? I think we covered it overall. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Should we move on to episode two? Please. Okay, so this episode, I think we're going to have a lot to dig into because both you and I have a background in print and pattern. Print and pattern. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was so excited to see this. So early on, I feel like it's been a secondary thing in other fashion design shows that I see. They just take prints for granted and just, you know, whatever is on the shelf. And I was impressed to see how many people made their own prints versus using what just existed. I was thinking if I were in in their shoes, I would have been intimidated by that because I know how long it takes to make a print. It was interesting to see everybody's process. It doesn't seem like they got caught up too much in the technical side. The people that were doing it digitally were sketching on just tiny little like iPads, which, oh my God, I don't even know how you can do that. And then some people were hand painting them and, and some were just really sparse kind of prints. So you didn't have to worry about the, the repeat, but it was cool to see just sort of how all these people, their process. Yeah, that was really cool. One thing that I didn't love about this episode was I thought that just having print and pattern as the challenge was vague and unclear. That's still really broad. Like, is it print and pattern for couture, print and pattern for the red carpet, print and pattern for saleability? Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Yeah, they started it out saying it's going to get loud. So obviously they were looking for bold, but beyond that, there weren't really any constraints. Naresh is so good with print and pattern, and I was loving the suit he was wearing in his interview, which was... Yes. With the pink and the green, yeah. Yeah, it's like a tropical, what do you call it? Like a members-only kind of jacket almost uh, at the top or bomber jacket yeah. in this beautiful pink tropical print and matching pants. Like mm-hmm, so cute. his style and prints were amazing. Yeah, he seems to have such a handle on prints. He knows how to pick a color palette and have prints that are linked by that palette, but are different scales and the prints can be really different, but still feel really balanced. He has a really good eye for that. Um, I was just personally slightly offended when the host said their fabric collection, that space that they offer up all the patterns. She said every print and pattern imaginable. Insert eye roll here. Clearly not because the majority of people ended up making their own prints. There were a couple new terms I got from this episode that I really enjoyed. I liked swishy, wishy, whirly things from Alexa Chung <laughs> at the beginning. And also camouflage. That was a category I hadn't had a term for before. Um, and do you think we should have that term? Did you like that, print? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> I did not <laughs> love the camouflage, but... The judges loved it. Again, it's subjective. That's another thing about, like, the show is so subjective based on who the judges are that day. But no, I was I was not feeling the camouflage. And with the contrast, the laces and the contrast binding and red and bright colors. Yeah, they wanted loud. But, I mean, the judges really appreciated that. I had high hopes for Julian. I don't know. He just ex-military and he's so pulled together like he just looks like he would run a tight ship yeah so their dynamic was really interesting because they had 
polar opposite aesthetic styles. But in episode to episode, they were kind of taking turns with who got to lead. And I think they were clashing a little bit while they were actually designing. But it was really interesting to see one of them being okay with taking the back seat for a while. I think that Julian was kind of the better team player in that situation, even though aesthetically, again, I didn't love his camouflage choice. (laughs) But when it was Haley's turn to let her voice show, he was very supportive. It was sad to see him go. I really could listen to Haley all day long. I love a Scottish accent Mm -hmm. and her with her cute little glasses and her polka dot shirt. She needs to read every audiobook for me. (laughs) I need tutorials, everything to come through. I just, she's adorable. I loved her aesthetic too. It was definitely one of the tamer ones on the show, but it really spoke to me. Like I loved how she plays with neutrals and transparency and layering. I was really gravitating towards her own style. So I suppose we failed to mention that each runway show has a guest designer there and Prabal Garang was the guest for this one. And it was nice to see they were talking about tying in some cultural influences. And I feel like that was nice to see as Farai and Kiki tied into some of their African roots, but kept it kind of modern with some black and white prints. And yeah, they had a nice connection and talking about sort of how the industry needs to, to incorporate yeah. that more. Yeah. Also, uh, I just really like the balance they achieved with an all-over print, some placement prints, some accent prints. It doesn't have to be print, 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 print. Like they had a really good hierarchy of what print was the hero and what was kind of an accent. Yeah, um, I, like I agree. That. Yeah. And my back to our, our favorites, Angel and Minju did loosely a wedding theme. I would want to go to that wedding, right? Both prints on white. Even the men's design was this almost a cape jacket, like floor length with scribble patterns and bright colors, abstract. Oh my God. So innovative. So cool. Spoiler, they ended up winning. And then so sad, Naresh and Marina were the losers. Yeah, I was really not surprised because theirs really stood out as being kind of the most restrained but on the flip side I thought that they had the best handle on mixing prints cohesively and they were so tight in the color palette and I loved that sparkly snakeskin with a twall that was awesome I was fearing that they were going to be sent home because they looked so different from everyone else yeah you pinpointed it maybe because their their prints didn't aggressively clash and add to the loveness that too ended up being a a sort of a negative for them they the judges said oh this is too commercial but it's very inconsistent because in later episodes they're like oh this isn't saleable who's going to buy this but okay which is it again it gets back to what kind of print and pattern are you asking us for i think um they were really dignified too in how they said goodbye and i i love their composure too they get the good sportsmanship award from yeah (laughs) yeah are we ready to move on to episode three? I think we are. The suit. If last episode was one of my favorites, a suit, I hate a suit. I cannot wear <laughs> a suit. I've never found one that looked good. Not even the time that my mom bought me a tan pantsuit to go to my freshman in your homecoming. <laughs> Maybe that was the trauma. <laughs> That's where all the trauma began. So... To sort of dangle something out there, there was there was some bloodshed in this yes. episode. 
Yeah, I was not expecting that. I had to go and rewind because I'm like, I noticed nobody apologized. Did you notice that? I, so I rewinded it like crime scene investigator here. So these fabrics are on these rolls that go up really high and they roll down the fabric while people were scrambling. And if you watch, it was both Charles and Julian were grabbing for fabric that dislodged the metal pole that came down and just gashed Marco in the face, like totally cut where your nose hits your cheek and just like gouged a big chunk out. It was Julian. And he never apologized. Who knows? Maybe he didn't realize it was his. But I mean, it was attached to fabric he was reaching for. That's um, sleuthing you did there, Charlene. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. So anyway, he survived. He was fine. I also found it comical that he's leaning forward, catching the blood in his hand while also still clutching his fabrics because he didn't want to bleed on his fabrics, but I don't think he wanted anybody to take his fabrics from him. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's dedication. Okay, so Philip Lim was the designer guest on this episode. And first of all, he came out and how dare he come out looking so effortlessly cool in a suit that think of the most easy, like mm, slightly loose black suit. But then he wore a denim jacket with the collar cut off as the shirt and just slightly open at the bottom showing a belt buckle. Get mm -hmm. out of here. Like how <laughs> dare you come looking that cool when these people have to show their suits. What were what were some of your favorites? I really liked the suit that won, the very simple one from Carly and Daniel. When they got those shoulder pads out, I was like, I think you lost me. But then I did a 180. I saw those shoulder pads and it worked. <laughs> I've, I've come around, I'm back here for shoulder pads again. But their suit just looked impeccably tailored. Loved it. And, and again, maybe it was whiplash from the previous episode where everything was so loud that when that simple one won this time, um, I just felt very calm. Also, I think it was Carly who said simple is the hardest thing to do, which I feel like that's so true in design because you have so much less to work with. You can't hide stuff in complexity. I will agree with Carly's statement and yours about the simplicity, but I have to disagree on the suit. It was my least favorite. I thought it was boring. Uh -huh. And the only thing interesting about it was shoulder pads and other people were doing shoulder pads. So I just kind of felt like, wah, wah. it's just this wool camel suit. Okay. Fair, fair. Again, I loved uh, Angel and Minju's suit with the, I don't even know how to describe it. The extreme shoulders. Wing-like like, Wing almost. shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Puffy wing. The kind of, it, it's like a cross between a suit, a business shirt and a suit. Oh, heavenly. Absolutely loved it. Again, see, but they did minimal. Like they did simple, but that was dramatic. Yeah. How about you? What other looks did you love? Angelo and Charles. Now, if there was a suit that I would actually like maybe even consider was Angelo and Charles, where they did a gray wool, kind of a, a wrap on the top in a culotte pant. That to me was very cool and very different. And it loses that uh, boxiness that I, I dislike um, about suits. So I, I think theirs was my favorite personally, but design wise, Angelo and Min or <laughs> Angel and Minju were my favorite. 
I have to say, I think the worst was was Julian and Haley. They attempted a reference to Elvis, and uh-uh, that was not even close. Yeah, it's still too soon for Zoot Suits for me. Was there anything else about the, sh- the suits? No, this is the one I had the least notes on. Because it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing. I would have loved to have seen a suit on a not regular straight size skinny skinny model we get into that in a later episode where they bring in some extended size models but i feel like tailoring on different body types would have made this episode a lot more relevant and dynamic that's why i think i have such a hard time like being plus size and you have curves and you're trying to put it literally in a box like everything is boxy about a suit so yeah good point so episode four episode four Streetwear. It's a wide category, I feel like. They touched on the subject that some high-end brands are stealing from the true street culture, which was interesting. But yeah, as I think about it, I'm like, I guess I'm probably seeing the watered-down version that I'm following. Yeah, that was really interesting. But before we get into that, should we talk about some of the looks? Yes, yes. One thing I liked, even before we get to the looks, again, Angelo and Charles, their working dynamic, I'm starting to see in this episode, Charles is like giving more stories to the person that the other designers, like they're kind of just kind of showing their vision where Charles is kind of having that empathy with the end person who's actually going to wear it. So I loved he made up the story of like, she just left her boyfriend's house, her walk of shame home, but she's leaving with like another guy. I loved that. It's so much more fun. You see the judges that get all excited and are like already rooting for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love I love their little stories behind the scenes. I thought it was funny to see the reaction of the designers when they heard they're doing streetwear, especially Carly, who to me, all she does is wear streetwear. And she says, it's opposite of my true aesthetic. And I'm like, girl, a huge oversized denim jacket with like a with bronze those print. How would you describe those pants that she wears with the cut? It's almost like half moon cutouts all over them. Yeah, they're like poofy, like extra large white sweatpants. And then it reminds me of like what people in the military cover their tents with. But yes, she is bonkers for thinking she doesn't know streetwear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So looks. I liked Tan's tip. This is not about looks, but Tan's tip about streetwear being all about proportions, about how if you have volume on top, then maybe you tone down the volume elsewhere. I especially loved when all of a sudden he pops out. So in the middle of each episode, they do little tips, either Alexa or Tan. And this one was about proportions. And for the last tip, he walks out with like this Ariana Grande long ponytail, a pink sweatshirt and thigh high black boots and his advice was, you can always go no bottom too, but with a long pony. <laughs> just like, oh my god. Okay. So a couple of the looks, I thought it was interesting that two different teams did what I would describe like this parachute material or if a colorful garbage bag blew against the body <laughs> with wind and then you put some ties and strings on it. That's That was a really surprising material for me. Yeah, it was kind of calling me back to that Missy Elliott video from the 90s. Oh, Do you remember right. that one? Yes. Iconic. Yes, definitely. Good point. But that was interesting to see. They both did this similar concept, but then how different they 
turned out in the end. Mm-hmm. Didn't Angel and Minju win this yes. episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I loved I loved how they executed it. They even they had some like lace on some of the lining, I think, and like the pop of color with the bungee cord. It was beautiful. Like laces hanging out of places. And they used it to create ruching and shape, even though they were just these billowy bright fabrics. And then I think what failed was the color blocking in the other team. I think for the women's look, they had kind of like a heavy wool pant, even though it was in white. And I think that contrast just didn't work where Angel and Minju's was full head to toe all that billowy material literally head to toe they even did like a head wrap for the woman with pop color laces in it yeah i liked how alexa chung said she could see herself wearing that to glastonbury could you imagine going to a music festival and then like oh i have my tent already i'm just gonna duck and like under this yeah. thing that i'm wearing <laughs> totally throw but a it's pole very in chic. there Yes, yes, definitely. I would give credit to Ashton and Marco for their men's look. They were criticized for it being too neutral. They did all these beautiful blushy tans and soft suede look. The men's look, I loved the men's look. And even with a hat that didn't look ridiculous, like, I really liked the men's look. The women's look, eh, I don't know. I I wouldn't remember it, I guess, really. Yeah, that seemed out of their usual zone and surprising, but in a really good way. I loved it. Yeah. Um, what else was there? I really like this sweatshirt look that uh, Charlie did, or Charles. That I, I really like the sweatshirt look that Charlie and Angelo yeah. put together. Char- Charlie, you're getting to know him so well. You just yeah. call him Charlie. Oh, you know no, Charlie. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> With that belt, that was very cool. It was almost like a corset belt if there was such a thing like yeah right it went really wide and kind of defined her figure as and then it looked like she had a boyfriend's gray sweatshirt yeah. underneath yeah yeah i thought it was interesting the judges said will this sell on this episode specifically when they were looking at streetwear which okay th- what saying that something would sell was considered a negative in previous episodes so i feel like that inconsistency I wasn't loving. Also, is that the point with streetwear? Will this sell? Isn't it about individuality and making it your own? Not how like mass is it? How accessible and saleable is it? True. And look at the sneaker business. Limited supply where people just some shoe comes out one of a kind kind of thing. And that's partly why people love it too. Yeah. Like you're yeah. saying. Yeah. I feel like they use that phrase as a crutch when they just like, don't know what else to say, but they're just like, I don't know. I don't like it. It's what they really want to say or the dreaded feedback of I'm just not feeling it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just that, that nothing comment. Yes. So should we talk about what happened at the end of the episode? Yeah, Drama ensued. That Yeah, that was unexpected. So to recap, what happened was it looked like Farai and Kiki were going to be eliminated this episode. It was between them and Claire and Adolfo. And you could tell the guest judges even disagreed on the outcome of who would be eliminated. So one of the judges, Kirby Jean Raymond, just turns and leaves the show before the judging is even complete because he agrees with Farai and Kiki after they stood up for themselves in the judging process with what you had alluded to before, saying that they're doing real streetwear until a more established high-end brand sees it and does it. And they were expressing frustration with that. 
they were not valued as minority designers who, you know, are just putting their stuff out there to be copied by the high end. Yeah, I loved the discussion. I think it was clear that Kirby had just respect in general for Kiki, reverence to her and her history, which was awesome. And I liked that they had two judges that at least were people of color. It was a really interesting discussion. And I think I've known this to be true, but I guess I've never seen a discussion quite like this. It was a much more in-depth discussion to layer onto this topic. And I say hell yeah for Kirby having like the cojones to cause the show to halt to just be like, I'm not being part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of storms off. It's very touching after they go to deliberation for, it seems like, quite some time. And Tan has to come back and tell the contestants, we're just, we're going to need another day. We're going to come back to this tomorrow and let you know. And he gets all choked up because he's like, we love you all. We know this is really hard. Yeah. yeah. uh, Anyway, that was really sweet. It was. I was really feeling for those designers, though, when now they have to wait. They have to go home and try to sleep, not knowing who's illuminated. So that episode ended on a cliffhanger with them taking more time, which I do think was the right thing to do. Did you notice that Kirby straight out called out Louis Vuitton for copying? Yes. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh. I mean, I think almost every designer has something pent up like that. Mm -hmm. They've, you know, seen that happen to their stuff. And it's a whole other topic. I feel like we could have a whole podcast conversation just on copying. Right, right. And I and I feel like especially in the fashion world, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, it's subjective. It's really hard to prove that something was copied or not. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just kind of a reality that we live with. Yeah. All right. So like you said, cliffhanger. Yes. Until the final episode of this podcast. Yes recap at least so episode five underwear and lingerie Lingerie. yes yeah did not see this coming me either this seemed like a curveball because designing lingerie i mean i have never done it but from what i've heard it's almost like the equivalent of like oh you can decorate a house can you also like make the blueprints and make it structurally sound and like also pass code yes it's just completely different well okay so with that in mind, that it actually has to be functional. I love yes. that they brought the plus size female models in for this challenge because you can put a bra on somebody that's an A cup and like, sure, it doesn't really have to function. It's just got to like cover your nipples enough, you yeah. know, like someone that's curvy needs that to do some heavy lifting and fitting and that kind of thing. So, and I also love that they brought in the plus size models when you could actually see their bodies instead of being like the challenge where like, let's just put all the fabric and try to hide their bodies. So, and they also didn't make a big deal about, it wasn't like, no, this is our plus size episode, Mm -hmm. you know, they just like, those are who the models were, which uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. It definitely, like, how successful it was, it made me wish that they had done it earlier, though, in this season, yeah, not true. halfway through. And also, one thing that kind of struck me was, like, why are only the women plus size? Mm. Like, there weren't any plus size male models. Why is that? Sure, sure. I think women are held, are criticized for it more. So maybe that's why women are leading the way. But definitely, yes, I, I, I see 
I see that happening for sure for men as a um, growing market too. One thing I loved about the process, again, I'm going back to my favorite Charles, how he was thinking about his sisters. And again, he was thinking so much about the person who's going to be wearing his design. He said, um, it's all about fit. He can't make it costumey. He doesn't want her spilling out. And he's gaining this empathy from his older sisters of what they were looking for. My heart melted when he was doing that. I loved how empathetic he is. And his work was flawless. He did this black bustier with some unique shaping at the hip. And I mean, it was gorgeous. He clearly knows how to design for that kind of woman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And look at the the history of Victoria's Secret, like at least in my lifetime that I remember how they used to be like pretty much that kind of like they were differentiating between underwear and lingerie. Lingerie, you just like put on for a short amount of time with the intent of taking it off. And I feel like that's where Victoria's Secret started. And now it seems like they're all about that pink brand, which is about like comfort and function. And like, we're talking t-shirt bras instead of like a push-up lace something. So I think there's that range. And now, especially if you talk to women, they're more on the practical side. It doesn't have to be ugly. Totally. Did you see that hullabaloo a year or two ago about the Victoria's Secret fashion show and how people were like, why are we still doing this? This is so dated. This is like a teenage boy's fantasy of what sexy is. It's it's not sexy anymore. It's not even sexy, you know, because it's not empowered. Yeah. No, I hadn't heard that, but I love it. Okay, I'm going to find it and send it to you. It's really good. Awesome. Perfect. Poor little sweet angel and Minju. Like, it all started with, they didn't even really know what lingerie was to begin with. They needed that sort of, like, broken down for them. But, like, and I, I think it's partly their culture, too. If you look at fashion in, like, is it Angel is, is from Shenzhen. So it's like you look at, they have a ton of fashion, but it's rarely ever, like, revealing and overtly sexy, that kind of thing. So I just don't know that that's their aesthetic to begin with. I had high hopes when I saw what they were doing. I was like, oh, this could be interesting, like tent lingerie, if we have anything to go go off of based on their previous looks. And when I saw them grabbing the lace and kind of going a little bit more feminine, I was like, oh, I'm kind of interest- intrigued to where this could go. But yeah, you could tell that it was just really unfamiliar to them. And so their other looks were so bold, maybe where they went awry, which I love the idea that they looked to the artist Monet for inspiration. But that was so different from everything else that they did that that should have been a sign maybe that it's out of their wheelhouse. Okay, we have to talk about Marco and Ashton. I call it the sexy wetsuit (laughs) look that they did. (laughs) Yes. And how prescient... And apropos right now that they did the sexy face mask. I know. Like, <laughs> I would love it if someone went grocery shopping in the, the sexy face mask outfit. I loved it. <laughs> yes. So sleeves attached to a face mask, sort of referencing BDSM, but then done in these kaleidoscope of bright colors to, like, I think they were sort of referencing their culture or their community pride, all the bright colors. So, and this was very rare for them because I usually work in all black. And I thought their women's look was one of the most um, well done. It was so fun. Yeah. So her, 
hers was like a one piece, like think of a, a bathing suit, pretty much the cut of it with black trim, some crossy things on the chest and then all these bright colors. And the fit was impeccable. They really looked like a pair too. Yeah. The model looked like she felt really comfortable in it yeah. and felt great in it too, which you, you yeah. could tell. Unlike poor Farai and Kiki's model, they use the most sharp, pokey fabric. Can we stick to soft fabric? Theirs looked like you shattered a mirror and stuck it on fabric. It was all these beads and sequins, and it fit horribly. Those shorts look like they... The print was so minimal, and then there was some red area that looks like Dale ketchup stains on it or something. like. Oh. Yeah, and that was a disconnect, too, how they said they were going for loungewear, but then having that heavy yeah. beaded look. I guess it was concept loungewear, but um, yeah. yeah, it just seemed kind of disjointed. And was it Claire and Adolfo, what I referred to as the red velvet nightmare? Yes, Ew. the vampire looks. So yeah. dated and gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So with the with the judging for this one, I was surprised that they brought on Adriana Lima from former Victoria's Secret model to judge because like Victoria's Secret isn't the most progressive company with what they design and who they're designing for. But I was pleasantly surprised. I thought she was more progressive than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. However, the the fashion show itself Have you seen, there's a Michael Bay commercial from like 2012 or something. Michael Bay, he's the director for the Transformers movies. He's like, I think the least feminist director ever. And so he directed a Victoria's Secret commercial and it's just these models with flames and explosions. It's again, the teenage boys fantasy. And I kind of felt, I was getting a little bit of those vibes from this fashion show, like the flames, like what, it was so distracting, the flames and the explosions and the flashing lights. That doesn't feel lingerie to me. That that has nothing to do with the contestants, but that was definitely felt like a disconnect with the actual content of the show. Totally. So yeah, they, they have projectors that do different looks and designs on the runway. So the backdrop and the runway for those of you who haven't seen it. And um, yeah, I think it made that red velvet look even worse and even more vampirish to have this like fl- these huge flames behind them. But Ryan and I always joke how there are so many movies that when war is breaking out or they're running away from people and the, they're in a heist and getting shot at. And then all of a sudden the couple wants to have sex. Like there is this, this strain of thought that women that are terrified and think they, they're going to die just immediately want to have sex. So this falls in line with your teenage view. Uh (laughs) So true. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was bad set design. Mm -hmm. One, one of the comments that I really liked from Carly was that she was saying sometimes she likes to wear a sexy bra, but she also likes to wear boxer shorts And she can never find something that goes together. Like she always has to wear, I guess, more masculine boxer shorts with her sexy bra. And I love that she was saying that she can be sexy, but the silhouettes don't have to be traditionally feminine silhouettes. So I really like that. Yeah. So ultimately, the winners were Ashton and Marco with their face mask. And Farai and Kiki ended up going home after all. Yeah, which... That was really tough because 
if you just looked at this challenge in a vacuum, I hate to say it, but I think Angel and Minju really kind of were the bottom of the pack this time. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're not judges and I don't know if we're just judging on this episode or we're judging based on past performance. It seems like they're taking in a larger context. So I guess it wasn't a surprise that Kiki and Farai went home after the previous episode and they had been in the bottom a few times before too. But it was kind of disappointing. It was really sweet. They're saying goodbye. Like they still are very much in each other's lives and were very gracious in their exit too. I really liked their partnership. In general, this show is nicer that there isn't as much cattiness and drama between cliques of designers too. Like that's not even part of the storyline. Like it's really much more focused on the work and the actual design and fashion that kind of Yeah. All right. Well, so what would you like to see going forward in the rest of this series? I know I personally, I'd love to see some more extended size models in every challenge. And I also want to see more empathy brought into the process. Like I'd love to have the designers be thinking more about that end user. I feel like when you get a balance of the end user and your own vision, that's like the sweet spot. And I feel like they're kind of not considering that overall right now. I love the challenges that are more extreme, like what people would call avant-garde or the, the couture challenges, maybe sort of the same way that they had to make print and pattern if they had to make their own textile. Ooh. Could be interesting. You know, yeah. either wovens or, you know, adding texture, distressing, bleaching, doing something where they um, actually consider the fabric as well, too. Yeah. I'd also, I don't know how they would do this, but I'd like to see a little bit more translation to real life design because this setup is like nothing like how you would design in real life. You don't get a day and a half like doing the entire process from start to finish, just you either. I would like to see maybe a little bit more influence of how this actually works on a real, on a working on a real line out in the real world. Yeah. You know, as they do little They do just little background clips of everybody. Seeing everybody's process and how they normally work would maybe even give us more empathy for the contestants as you see that this, you can already pick up that some people are like very detail oriented and it probably takes them, you know, a week to do this one part of a design normally where other people are generally just a little less detail oriented about the concept and get it out there. All right. I guess overall, I'm I'm loving this show and I'm excited to watch the next five episodes. Yes, I feel like it's really stepped up the game and it's not amateur hour. They're obviously professionals and some really great design is coming from it. Yeah. So stay tuned and yeah. we'll recap episodes five through ten. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, listeners, the gossip doesn't have to stop here. Spread the love, share this episode with your bestie, leave us a review on iTunes, and come mingle with us and other creatives by joining our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at Design Gossip, all one word. And while you're there, show us what you've been working on with hashtag Design Gossip. Check us out on Pinterest to see all the inspiration we've been gathering. And finally, you can get show notes as well as a ton of amazing resources just for you at our website, www.designgossip.club. That's designgossip.club. Thanks, listeners. I'm Maeve Parker. And I'm Charlene Williams. 
Okay, bye. Later, babes. Did you hang up? You hang up. No, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, really.